Hello and welcome to another episode of Pixel Pals. My name is Xanadude and we have a lovely episode for you all today. Zach is unfortunately not with us. He's still alive, but he could not be here for this recording session. We do have a lovely interview today. Uh, and without further ado, we're just going to hop right into it because this one is a long one and I had a ton of fun interviewing this person. I don't want to spoil it, but stick around and you're going to hear us talk about some uh, a genre of games that we never really talked about on the podcast. And we just have a lot of fun with this one. So sit back, relax, and turn it up. Hello, and welcome back. We are joined by Bo Todo, and we're going to be talking about uh, a franchise or a genre of games that we haven't really talked about so much on the podcast, and that is Metroidvanias. First, I'm going to ask you this question, because I don't even think I know the answer to this. What makes a Metroidvania? What, like, what needs to be in the game for it to fall in this category? What do you think are some of like, the core components, something that needs to be there in order to call it a Metroidvania? And you can't say um, it's a Metroid game or a Castlevania game. You have to say something Yeah, else. yeah, of course. That's, that's way too simple. Um, so funny enough, I would consider the original Dark Souls game close enough to the formula that is a Metroidvania um because it's basically you you go you circle around this entire map the map is interconnecting uh really well built really meant to be explored um and it's all built around upgrades that you can get and even if in dark souls it's a bit different like the upgrades can consist around like keys that you get that allow you to access other areas um it's it's really the same thing metroidvania is more so rely on the abilities to access new areas but dark souls is actually really similar to that i like to use that analogy because more people have played dark souls than i feel like metroid nowadays but yeah and it does kind of it does feel like a 3d metroid game i, mm -hmm. I feel that and as someone that has played more metroid games than dark souls um i get that feel as well so kind of like that exploration and like unlocking new abilities and new things as you go through the map yes um every i feel like every metroidvania has a good map like yeah good but they always don't give you a map <laughs> and that's something that's always kind of thrown me off a little bit. Um, I do. I know that the newest Metroid they do add a map in, which would be which is super helpful. The map in Metroid Dread is easily the best one in the series. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm gonna go off script a little bit. Do you think that um, certain Metroidvanias like don't push you in the right direction enough? We're gonna talk about Hollow Knight, and one thing that I I struggled with with Hollow Knight is like. I feel like I was looking stuff up all the time because it's like it doesn't really tell you where to go, but I feel like that's half the reason why people play these games. It's like you have to figure it out, you have to explore, you have to kind of go through the story and figure out what you need to do. It's not just like giant blinking arrow pointing you this way, like go, go, go. So, what do you think about that? So, I'm gonna tell you something, and this is going to come as a shock, even though Metroid Metroidvanias are like my favorite genre. Um, I look, I look stuff up all the time. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I look it up all the time. I'm not I'm not trying to sit there stuck for a long time, but I do think that that is actually a big, big problem in the genre. Uh, there's very few Metroidvania games that I've played where I haven't looked anything up. Uh, and like, honestly, when you don't have to look anything up, it makes the experience a lot better. But like, I don't think looking stuff up actually takes away from the experience. That's that's my personal opinion. But yeah. yes, I do think that overall in in the genre, that's just going to be a thing that happens because you have this big sprawling world. They don't want to give you a true direction to go in because they don't want you to feel like you have to. You have to find that happy medium, right? Of like, you know, you have an idea of where you need to go, but you still have to do a little bit of searching because like if mm -hmm. you had if you had to look everything like something up every five minutes, you're kind of like taken out of that world. And I totally get right. that. Um, all right. What was the first Metroidvania you ever played and have you replayed it since? Oh my goodness. Actually, that's really tough. Or just like um, one that you definitely remember like playing growing up or, you know, something that is hasn't come out recently. I think I think the first Metroidvania that I played, I did not finish it. Uh, but Metroid Fusion. Okay. I love Metroid Fusion, even though like I want to go back and actually finish it because I do love the Metroid series. Uh I played Super Metroid. I love playing that game. It was super good. Like, definitely one of my favorite games. Um, but like, Metroid Fusion is a completely different breed. It's it actually does what we were talking about, where it does tell you exactly where you should go. It gives you a map. It says this is the objective marker. 
this is where you're going to go now. And a lot of people actually did not like that, but some people even said from there that it was still confusing yeah. to get to those locations. <laughs> so I think that's funny, but I did play that one. Uh, I was a dumb kid because <laughs> I think when the Game Boy Advanced was out, I was like, bro, I don't, I barely even remember the DS. Like, I feel like I was six, seven. Yeah. I don't, I barely remember. That's, I, can't, I couldn't even age. read. How am I supposed to play Metroid? <laughs> yeah, I know. um and you know we talked we talked a little bit about how metroid dread came out this year um we can get into that uh but i just wanted to see like how do you feel about like there being a new metroid game that like can hook people into the series right now because like i mean i played metroid as a kid but i I can't remember the last time a metroid game came out that people were talking about it like it hit like record like big sales numbers like a lot of people are probably going to be interested in this ip going forward and they do have more plans for more metroid in the future so how does that make you feel ecstatic oh my goodness it makes me so excited so i when i originally played super metroid and like went went deeper into metroid uh i was obsessed and like i just kept reading like where is metroid 5 because Metroid Fusion yeah. is like, that is the fourth Metroid game. And we just yeah. heard nothing from the Game Boy Advance all the way up until the Nintendo Switch. We did not get a single game. That is a long time. That is, that like, is my a enti- long that's time. like my entire life, I feel like. It's like my <laughs> entire adolescence into adulthood. Yeah, legitimately, it's absolutely insane. I think it was, I think I remember looking it up. It was like 14 years. That's how wow. long it was between Metroid games. So when Metroid Dread, this isn't a new game. A lot of people think that like when it when it came out, it's like, oh, it's a completely new Metroid game. This game was scrapped. This was a, supposed to be a Nintendo DS game. And they finally were they were like, OK, you know what? The Nintendo DS, it does not have the hardware for what we're going for. So we're just going to scrap this title and never come back to it. But they came back to it. And it was such a cool concept because it was Metroid Dread, but with horror elements, which like obviously that's such a good direction to go for for sci fi. Like it's just. It fits so perfectly and they announced it. Once I saw like Metroid on the screen, I was like, no way. Is this Metroid Dread? And it, like I saw it and it was, it said Metroid Dread. And I was like, let's go. I got so excited. I literally, I think I was actually like yelling. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I was so, I was so happy after like all of these years to finally see like a new actual full Metroid game, not a remake, not a 3D one of 2D Metroid Mania. It made me so happy. Um, and we could talk about Metroid Dread, maybe like some of the specifics. Like, what do you think? Because this was a very well-reviewed game. It was like, it had good sales numbers for like a 14-year-old gap of games. Like most, I don't know if it was younger people or newer people playing it, but I feel like they did something very right in that game. And you said something about the horror elements. First off, Metroid games were always scary to me. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Like every time I play them, terrifying. Because like, you're just walking in a room and there's just like this thing that's chasing you now. And you're like, Oh no. Um, but I hear Metroid Dread takes that up a notch. So what specifically kind of gives you that horror element in Metroid Dread? Um, so definitely, as you were saying, like Metroid already kind of had those elements where it's just like the unknown that that is always what makes these kind of games scary. And it, there's even elements of that in Hollow Knight, which we'll get to yeah. eventually. Um, but like, Metroid in particular is very well suited to that like sci-fi and horror they go so well together um because there is just that unknown you don't know what's going to be there because this is a completely made-up creature and it's like this thing could be absolutely horrifying um and even just the setup uh into Metroid Dread from Fusion where it's like Samus was had this complete clone that was chasing you around the whole time so they obviously wanted to try to keep that mechanic but they didn't want it to be there for the full thing so that's where they added in the Emmys who are these unkillable things that are just chasing you around for a large section of it and if you basically get caught by it you're dead like you you can't do much about it you have to just guess on the timing and then maybe make it out alive uh, which is scary for like the first couple of times, obviously, like with any horror thing, if you keep using the same trope over and over and over, it's not going to be scary anymore. And that's what happens with Metroid Dread. But at the beginning, it was actually like a decent amount of scare factor to it. And it was it was very fun. Now, we have that 14 year gap, right? And people love this genre so much. So these indie developers, like uh, we were talking a little bit before the show, Team Cherry is the, uh, you know, the developers of Hollow Knight. 
Uh, and then I don't, who do you, uh, if you know off the top of your head, but Ori um, in the, the Ori series, right? There's two of them. Moon Studio. Okay. So I feel like those indie developers were like, hey, this is such a well-loved genre. We could do this. And honestly, I think at this point, some people regard, I would regard it myself, with Hollow Knights being one of the best Metroidvanias of all time, if not the best. And it just came from like this random studio. It was at the, I don't know if it was the first game they made, but it was, I feel like it was one of the first that kind of like really took off. And now yes. there's like a cult following around it. So um, do you think that there's going to be more kind of indie studios that break out in this space? Or do you think that now that Metroid's returned, there's going to be a little bit more of a AAA focus on it? Hmm, I think that's a good question. Um, I'm, I really could not say, I mean, like, the thing with Metroidvania is they've always been a thing in the indie scene. Like yeah. they have always been a thing. It's just doing a Metroidvania right is so difficult. It is so, so difficult because there's so much nuance. And first of all, creating the map, creating the world, create like there's a whole bunch of world building in Metroid. Like, and that's one of my favorite things. Like the, the world of Metroid is still so dense and there's no storytelling. There's no text in the game. Oh, the lore makes no sense to me. I've looked up like, like YouTube things where they try to piece things together. And like, that's kind of the best thing is they're not just like spoon feeding you like the story and you have to kind of figure some things out. Like you have to do some digging and you have to also just kind of like use your imagination a little bit and figure out like, Hey, this is happening. How did it happen? And, I think that's really cool. Um, and I think that's what I really like about Hollow Knight. Yeah. Is that it is like, I had no clue what was going on, but I <laughs> love the combat and I love the exploration so much that it hooked me. It's probably the only Metroidvania that I finished, like start to finish and then mm -hmm. did it again and then tried to do like all these extra things that I missed the first time. Um, so we talked a little bit about, so Hollow Knight, what makes Hollow Knight so special to you? Like what makes Hollow Knight so special to this genre? What do you think they did right? as opposed to maybe some other lesser known titles like Bloodstained Ritual of Night, which is just one that I had written down, or you know, maybe Iconoclast or Ender Lilies, like some games that are definitely like highly regarded, but not everybody knows about them, right? Everybody knows about Hollow. So if I had to compare it to Bloodstained, I've played both. I like okay. Bloodstained a lot, actually. It's a very well put together game. The thing about Bloodstained, um, is it is strictly a spiritual successor to Castlevania uh, Symphony of the Night. Like, very much so. Even in the title, everything about it just screams Castlevania Symphony of the Night and really just the Castlevania Metroid-style games. Uh, there's another one called Aria of Sorrow. That one's also really takes a lot of stuff. Even in Aria of Sorrow, like, the ability, the main ability in Bloodstained is, like, taking enemies' uh, abilities and that's, that's a whole thing in Aria of Sorrow. Like, that's already a thing. He just took it from that game and was like, all right, cool. So he basically was just making this as a love letter for Castlevania fans because Konami doesn't do anything anymore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but if I had to compare it, basically, Colonnade is a completely new thing. It's a completely different new game. And it's its own world. It has an amazing art style. I think that's one of the big reasons why it popped off. I'll be completely honest. The art style is so simple. And it's also like really well put together. It makes for a really good looking world. Um, and that that in itself is it immediately brings people in. That's what brought me in. I love the designs of Hollow Knight characters. It's yeah, so I don't, simple. I don't think They're I would have played it if, it if it didn't look that visual. Yeah. yeah, it's it's iconic. It's so, it, like I can I can draw a lot of those characters from memory because like I I they stick in my brain because they're so simple in their designs, but they are so fun to look at. Uh, and then not only that, the world building and one of my favorite things in storytelling is where they don't tell you the story. Like Dark Souls, Elden yeah. Ring is the newest example. I'm I'm uh, so deep in Elden Ring right now. Same here, I've <laughs> yeah. been loving it. Oh my God, um, we, we could talk about that later, but. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then also like Metroid is another really good example. Is like, it doesn't tell you the world, but you get a sense of the world from just playing the game. Yeah. Like one of my favorite storytelling elements in Hollow Knight was actually the City of Tears. Um, because like, you're wondering like, oh, wow, how is this place raining all of the time when it's underground? It's because there's a lake over the top of it. And if you explore yeah. the map, you'll see the lake and it's like, oh my gosh, that's such a cool little detail. Then you're like, that completely explains it. It explains it just through the world itself. Yeah. And there's so many little details like that. And then also the combat in Hollow Knight. Oh, it's, it's, just, it's, it's perfect. Like I, I have so no amazing. complaints. Um, uh, what, what art style do you like better, Ori or Hollow Knight? Mm. Hollow Knight. 
Okay. I think Ori does a really good job with like the backgrounds and like the environment. But I think like as far as character goes and like, I don't know, like most of the interactions are you going to have characters. So I do agree with that. The way that I would put it is like with Ori, like visually, it is a masterpiece. Like I, I love the visuals of Ori. When I was playing that game, the entirety of the time, I was like, wow, this game is beautiful in every single aspect of it. But when I was playing Hollow Knight, I was just like, this monster looks disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> um, this monster looks cute. Like somehow with the art style of uh, Hollow Knight, it mixes both horror and adorable. And like, it does it seamlessly and so well just in the confines of its own art style it's and, it, and it's not overdone at all like the character models no. are fairly simple but they have found a way to you know change things up and make a lot of different characters using the same kind of sim i don't want to say simple but like that's really what it is it's no, fairly you can simple. say simple yeah. even from an artistic standpoint i yeah. don't think that the artists behind the game would disagree with you it yeah. is a simple art style but what's impressive is how much they get done with the simplicity of it now this, the second in the Hollow Knight series is called Silk Song. Um, it has been long in development and very anticipated. Uh, you spoke to me earlier. When do we expect a Silk Song release? Um, absolutely. 100% confirmed. Team Cherry emailed me. They told me this information. It's coming this year. Uh, factual. Like I can, I can prove it. They, I have the emails. You I have, have the documents. It's coming this year. <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, that's awesome because I, it's been kind of like a meme at this point that like, oh, Silk Song drop, go check Steam. Like, like they're going <laughs> to drop it, giving no one notice and just like one day you're going to go on Steam and be like, oh my, it's here. It's here. That's what they did with the first one. Yeah, so. I know. I know. That's why everyone's expecting. Maybe it'll, it'll come out tomorrow. It's um, literally a possibility. What I'm do you never think, counting it out. Yeah. What do you think is going to, what, what would you like to change or what do you think is going to change? Maybe they add more mechanics. Maybe, you know it's just a little bit more honed in of an art style. Like what do you think could be different in Silk Song than Hollow Knight? Or what would you like to see? Um, man, it's so, it's so hard to say. How do you critique like masterpieces, right? Like how legitimately, <laughs> yeah. when I look at Hollow Knight, I, I have such a hard time critiquing that game. Like there are a few games where I've had that with, because I feel like they've accomplished exactly what they set out to do. Like two games that I consider perfect, Breath of the Wild and Hollow Knight. Those are like the only two. Because even though Breath of the Wild, like its big criticism is the weapon system, I think the weapon system is actually really well done. I think they really encourages different play styles. They needed that in that game. It's super cool. And yeah, again, they needed it. It I would have used the same weapon the entire time. Because that's just how I am as a player. But it like you just find the you would go go on the internet, what's the best weapon in Breath of the Wild? And then you would take it and then you would never use anything else. So Right. And then it like it teaches you to be like, oh, maybe I should save this weapon for a good encounter or, oh, should I use this weapon? Should I throw this weapon to free up space? It's just like I I think that it allowed for a lot of freeing gameplay. And then it also if you ran out of weapons, then it's like, oh, how do I come at this combat encounter? Yeah, you have to I can maybe the bow or I can throw my bomb and have a like have it hit a rock that is in stasis. And then that rock shoots into the opponent like that's so cool because you wouldn't have done any of those things if you just had a sword on your back the whole time. I don't want to get on a huge tangent, but I also think one of the best things about Breath of the Wild and why it's like a 10 out of 10 perfect game is that like there are so many ways to get around certain things like it is so player controlled instead of developer controlled. They're like, here's the sandbox. I don't care what you do with it. Do whatever, like whatever you think is going to be the most fun for you. And mm-hmm. like I saw someone on TikTok the other day, they literally went to space because they blew themselves up with a bomb like 7000 times. So I'm like, that's cool <laughs> that that's a thing that you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So Hollow Knight's perfect. They can't improve upon it at all. Okay, no, 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 no. Let, <laughs> no. Me, let me get it. Let me get into okay. that. Okay. So I do think that out of anything that they can improve upon on Hollow Knight, of course, it is definitely the way that they push the the person forward. And I think that's actually something that Metroid does better in some points and then worse in others. Obviously, each game struggles with it in different parts. Um, but like that is something that I absolutely need help with at the beginning of Hollow Knight. Because the beginning of Hollow Knight is so hard for people to get going. Like, I've heard this from every single person that I've had play the game that, like, it's just the beginning. The it rest of it, it, like, steamrolls. Yeah. But, like, getting started in Hollow Knight is, like, if you don't know where you're going, then it, it takes forever. And then you kill the pacing. 
drop the game you're done yeah so get that pacing at the beginning good as well as the ending pacing great game um i know that the the first game is lacking in a quest system even though there are some like mini quests they're adding that in in the second one it's gonna be awesome and then also like i already thought that the movement in the first game is like perfect it's it's does exactly what it wants to do but they're going to be touching on the movement even more so. It's just like what they did with Ori 1. Like the, the movement in Ori, like Will of the, or sorry, uh, Blind Forest is actually really good. It's really fluid. It feels nice. Um, they made it 10 times, like 10 times better in the second game. Like it was incredible getting to actually play the second game and just have everything be so fluid. Uh, so they'll probably work on the movement and make it even better. I'm just, I'm just really looking forward to that game. Yeah, I think it's going to be, I, one thing I would like them to do, I hated spending money on the maps. I would have mm. just like much rather like explored it or like found it somewhere. But I understand why at least they give you a map like that you mm. can get. That was a very good choice, I think, on their part. Um, okay. What, what do you think about 3D Metroidvanias? Do they like, do they take away from the experience? Because I, every really good Metroidvania that I've played has been 2D. I don't even think I've played a 3D Metroidvania. Although I have we, not can, played. we can say Dark Souls is kind of it, but um, do you think it works better in 2D? I, I think that the only reason that it works better in 2D is because maps are 2D. You know? So yeah. like, it's like playing any game with a 3D map system. I'm sorry, but that, that is hard to navigate. Like, <laughs> like even playing, I, I don't know what else to bring up because it's the only one that I've played, but Doom or Doom Eternal. Like you open up the map in that game and then there's like all these layering maps on top of each other. It shows you each individual 3D architecture and it's like, oh, hey, here's this thing. Here's this thing. And there's so many different things. Imagining that in a Metroidvania where there's so many different doors, like loading zones, there's this, you have to go through this elevator to go through here to get to this area. It's like, that is so much information to have on a 3D plane yeah. when you can just have it all laid out on a 2D. And you could just and like that's, fall I, down and yeah. Yeah, I legitimately think that's the only reason that it works better in 2D because like everything else should work. Exploration, world building, like mute, like all of those things should theoretically work. It's just the map. The map is the most important thing to get right and that kind of thing. And I haven't played a 3D Metroidvania because I just don't have as much of an interest in 3D games. I like 2D games the most. There's definitely um, not as much out there. Right. Um I'm on, I'm, I just pulled up a, I was like example of 3D Metroidvania games. And this guy on Reddit goes, Batman Arkham Asylum is pretty much a 3D Metroidvania. And I was like, I could see it. There's no platforming, but okay. Um, so I do think it works better in a 2D just because that map, that map mm -hmm. system. Um, if you could have any IP to get a Metroidvania, what would you choose and why? So like something like Star Wars or Marvel or something like that. You know what I mean? Some or like an even an anime, like the Jojo Bizarre's Adventure Metroidvania. That would be so cool. <laughs> right. I, I thought about that <laughs> as I was writing that question. I'd be like, oh, that would, that would be perfect. Yeah. Um, I mean, like I wasn't I'm not I'm not big on Star Wars or Marvel. Like I'm not either. But that, this was Zach's question, if I'm going to be honest with you, because he's not here. And I was like. Really, Zach, those are the two he loved. Those, <laughs> those are the two things I, you think of. I almost detest both of them. I enjoyed some of the Marvel stuff. And I I don't it, they they're all TV shows now. There's like a hundred TV shows of mm -hmm. Star Wars and Marvel. And I cannot it's too much. Up. It is too much. I have this argument with Zach all the time. Where do you get all this time? <laughs> He's watching the Book of Boba Fett, the Mandalorian, the Loki, Scarlet Witch. I was like, when when too, <laughs> yeah, it used to be way movies. too many shows. Okay, pick something though that gets turned into a Metro Bay. That's such a good question. Oh my goodness. Mm, I'm trying to think of like what my favorite IPs are, but like, honestly, it's funny. Part of me wants to say F-Zero because we just haven't seen an F-Zero game in forever. And the imagining of like having a Metroidvania game that also somehow incorporates racing. That I sounds kind of cool. That would be fun. And we need to see, um, the favorite thing about like f-zero and like um star fox and all those things is like the people who play super smash brawls nowadays are probably like where are these characters coming from do they just make these guys up or are they from a video game like ness and lucas like mm -hmm. if you weren't like kind of like an older nintendo fan or maybe just like had an interest in retro games like you'd be like 
are these just here for Super Smash Brothers or what? Because like right. Captain Falcon, if you didn't know, like you'd just be like, oh, that's just Captain Falcon. He's the Super Smash Brothers guy. Yeah, he's the Super Smash Brothers character. <laughs> yeah. Literally, like that's so funny. But like Captain Falcon was only in the game because the game, when they showed it to Nintendo, they just had like a generic fighting game character. And they were like, oh, well, who do we put here? And they were like, oh, there's this one guy who's really buff in the racing game. And they were like, perfect. <laughs> that's the face of the game. He's going to be yeah. around for the next 25 years. <laughs> yeah, it's I funny enough my love for f-zero mostly comes from smash because like i i'm just a big fan of captain falcon in every iteration of the games i've been playing him since i was a kid uh but like i would love to see an f-zero game and i i just want i just said f-zero because i literally want to see anything f-zero yeah, anything point. at all i i totally get that um i i was a big smash player growing up like me and my friends would like you know hang out after school play super smash and this was like we'd either play 64 or um you know uh is brawl the one on the no melee mm. is gamecube brawl is Wii. we would play mm. melee brawl and 64 because we all had like all the different iterations but each all time your bangers if you like hit your friend off with the falco smash you got to actually like falco smash like, like we like punch <laughs> each other's sides like, smash there's literally um, nothing better than playing like couch co-op on any game. Oh, and Smash was just oh, it's so the, be fun. the best at it. I the most fun I've ever had with couch co-op. I'm so sad that um couch co-op doesn't exist anymore. Except mm -hmm. it, except it takes two. They really brought that back this year. That game, that game deserved game of the year, like 100 percent And anyone who said otherwise, I was like, because they were and people it, were saying that it was like for the meme because the oh, the funny, the funny if the Oscars guy. <laughs> like legitimately, that game was a masterpiece. No, it, it was. And I was thrown off by it at first because I listened to like a review of it on a podcast and they were like, the story's real bad. They did the writing is bad. And I was like, uh, like I'm not, and then I played it and I was like, I you're not playing this game for the story like like right. in this the fact that it was only a cooperative game right you had to play with somebody else in the midst of a global pandemic where you are not seeing people like that was such a refreshing experience that I think mm -hmm. everybody that played that game and reviewed it and put it up for the award was like I haven't had this much fun in years like with a video game D definitely deserved it and there was a lot mm -hmm. of people that were against it oh you ready to talk about some Elden Ring yes okay. let's get into it <laughs> i i'm i've never been more obsessed about a video game and this is coming i've never played i played dark souls one like younger but i was like really young like young enough where i'm like this is not for me this is not fun i i'm just getting stomped over and over again uh so like having this be like my first iteration really into the from software games i i want to go and play them all now even if they're mm -hmm. not as good as this but this is amazing yeah. I'm having an absolute blast. All I can think about is Elden. All I can yeah. think about is the next boss. Mm -hmm. I don't know what's wrong with me. I, <laughs> I, I, I'm loving it. What class are you playing? Uh, so I started out as a warrior, but like I've mostly, I've mostly just diversified from there. What? So what I did the main thing for the full game is I uh, have you have you beaten Godric? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I used Godric's axe for a large portion of my run um because like i i love a big meaty weapon yeah and that one with its ability have you, did you ever use it yes oh my goodness the ability yeah, yeah, yeah. of just smashing it into the ground and it like quaking the floor was it so was very cool satisfying yeah so I, I ended up switching because one of my favorite things in dark souls is actually the sides uh i love scythe builds so i'm using two scythes uh one's the wing scythe which like special ability allows you to fly up into the air and then swoop down yeah um and then the other one's just a i'm just dual wielding them i have two scythes in each That's hand awesome. like one scythe in each hand it's so cool and uh i found out like like does it do they like inflict bleed damage because mm -hmm. that is insane like whenever mm -hmm. i can't beat a boss i'm like all right i'm taking out the bloodhound sword like let's do this <laughs> <laughs> like i i gotta um, I've been playing with fist weapons so far, and yeah, like, I saw the the, yeah, the iron my, balls. So that's my favorite. And at this point, like, I think I'm just gonna use them for the rest of the run. I've Good. always liked punching weapons in like RPGs, like Fallout. I would always use the uh, the power fist, and you know, Skyrim. I'd always use like unarmed. So, have you played like the Dark Souls games? Are you a Dark Souls gamer? I've played Dark Souls three um and i started both bloodborne and sekiro the only reason i did not finish bloodborne was because like i ended up selling my playstation 4 
uh i was planning on getting a playstation 5 but just didn't end up getting it yeah uh, so i didn't finish bloodborne even though that game is amazing yeah I've, uh, I've heard and then sekiro like the reason i stopped playing that one is because it that one's oh my goodness i i struggled with it so much more than every other one and then when the time i tried to come back to it my controller didn't work yeah. uh but i ended up figuring out why with elden ring because if my controller didn't work for that either and then my friend told me it's like oh if you have additional controllers plugged in that's probably why so mm-hmm. i unplugged my stream deck and oh, really? that counted as a controller oh my god and uh then it worked and i was like oh my awesome. goodness was this why it stopped working this whole time and then yeah it was i've heard i've heard Sekiro is really based on like you know like the parrying mechanic like you really mm-hmm. just have to have your fundamentals down of like dodging at the right time parrying and everything like that elden ring i have not parried a single attack i use a shield <laughs> i've not parried a single attack and i beat the second boss like i'm i'm making my way through it um but yeah i it just not having to focus so much on those you know poor mechanics has made it a lot more enjoyable for me i really yeah, do one- want to try out a magic build though those i keep seeing these crazy spells that people are using and i'm i'm not a fan of magic builds and soul game soul games they just they're just boring to me i don't know i like being up in the action and like feeling like i'm actually hitting it yeah versus like oh pew, yeah it, oh, it looks magic. fun in like theory but i know that if i'm playing it and i'm just like standing like 200 yards by boss like casting a spell i'll be like okay well only 800 more of these and he's going down yeah <laughs> like, it's, like, it's not fun yeah. in my opinion like i understand why people do it that's totally fine like have fun with the game play it however you want yeah exactly but like i i like getting in there with an axe and like having to dodge every attack as he's doing it finding the openings to do them instead of just sprinting to the other side yeah. of the arena, <laughs> immediate summoning like... summoning something because with the summons now like I feel like magic builds are more viable than ever. Like before, oh, I, I I've I watch a ton of Dark Souls streamers. Like I don't really play, I haven't played them, but I love watching them. They're so fun mm-hmm. to watch. And like even playing a magic build in Dark Souls 3 was like difficult because like the boss is still gonna run after you. You know what I mean? Like you can only ha- run so far, but now you could just summon like the jellyfish or something else that has a, a significant amount of HP, and you're just like, I'm gonna be over here. Yes, in a way. And you do your thing. I'm yeah. just gonna I'm just gonna like poke. Just like yeah. you're just poking the boss, and it's just like, no, I have to kill this jellyfish. And you don't understand. And I, I guess the same could be said with like a Dex bow build, which um I, I don't know if you know who McQueeb is, but I've mm-hmm. I was I, I was watching McQueeb. He was actually on live stream fails because someone clipped his stream of him taking like 800 shots against a dragon <laughs> to kill it. And then mm-hmm. like, oh, I was like but that's just it's a viable way to play the game it's just like i know that i'm not going to get as much excitement and enjoyment out of it like i'm not going to be like like ripping my controller because i have one hit left but i also have no potions and i'm like i can't get hit right now like i literally can't get hit right now and And there's such an adrenaline with it i felt very satisfied so far with like you know struggling against certain bosses but actually being able to like work past them how far are you how far are you uh i have beaten three of the 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 people the like ring the, people the legacy bosses or yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. so uh do you know like all their names and everything can i name drop yeah you can name drop i okay it's all so over Godric, my TikTok for you. ranala and uh whatever the, the the guy at the castle is with but the, the basically um is it radhar or whatever no is no the, not that no, one okay, it's okay. the I'm trying to remember. You know the first boss that you fight, that like the big dude with the the wooden scepter and the knives. Yes. Yo, it's uh, him. Part Mar- Margaret. Margaret. Yes. It's him. It's him. Part two. You know that's voiced um, by George R. R. Martin. Oh, actually. Yeah. <laughs> that's so cool. <laughs> or that's not true, and someone trolled me on a, an article I read earlier. But I'm pretty sure because people are like, "What did he actually do?" And they're like, "Oh, he voiced this guy." And then someone also said that he wrote every message on the ground. And I didn't fall for that one. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's, that's so good. But that's another thing that I wanted to talk about was like, as someone never playing Dark Souls, I'm like, dude, this is hilarious. Like I can communicate with other players. Like you don't <laughs> feel as alone as you, as I thought I would. Mm-hmm. And I love no, being I able love... to see how people died because like, I was like, touch the blood stain. I was like, how did he die here? There's literally no enemies around. And then mm-hmm. as I'm watching him get hit by a giant dragon, the same giant dragon comes and just smacks me. I'm like, 
should have thought that one through a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I've only played, I played Dark Souls 3, like probably a couple of years after it came out. Um, but like getting to experience the messaging system, like while the game is still being played by everybody is such a different experience. Like I remember walking into the opening plateau and just seeing like, tens of messages just like spread along the floor and someone just says Fortnite over here yeah. one just says message and it's just it's so funny it's yeah so try finger funny. butthole like yeah try finger I, butthole that's a classic yeah in, i'm like learning all these like little i didn't know Fortnite. I, like the first time i saw Fortnite, i was like oh, that's funny like Fortnite. <laughs> and then i saw, kept seeing it i was like oh is this the thing that people are saying like i, did, I had no idea yeah it's so funny like I, I just saw it like randomly one time and like I didn't see it at the beginning it's just like when I randomly saw it as I was approaching a fort and then just said Fortnite, I was yeah. like nice and I knew <laughs> that there was like some multiplayer I didn't really get the scope of it I'm like okay it's a single player game like I saw multiplayer when I first started but I was like I'm not gonna do that and then I got invaded and then I was like wait what like yeah what I had One no the, idea that PvP was a thing. I didn't know PvP was a thing in these games. Yeah, it's a big thing. Like, yeah. it's actually a whole community. Like, oh, they yeah. will they will straight up just play the PvP. They will play through the whole game just to fight each other. Yeah. And, and I you, love that. You can get an unlimited, like, finger or whatever that lets you just, like, so you don't have to, like, scavenge a bunch of them. So, like, it seems like Elden Ring is leaning into, like, okay, you're going to do this anyway. We might as well make these for you. Mm -hmm. Elden Ring is definitely the most, uh, like, beginner friendly of the souls titles especially since the multiplayer system is like fully fleshed out it's actually yeah. a thing in dark souls it's always been an afterthought it's not it's not been like an actual thing that they feel it feels like it was meant to be in the game because my, my friend and i were talking about this but in dark souls 3 i played through the entirety of that game co-op uh, and it was it was one of the most fun co-op experiences I've ever had. But the thing is, is getting someone into your world was one of the most arduous processes ever because it'd constantly be like, oh, is it down? It's like, yeah, it's down. It's Oh, I'm not seeing it. OK, reload. And then you just do that for probably like 20 minutes until it just worked. That's yeah, it was super easy. I was streaming the other day and I was like super stuck on like this mini boss. And so like someone I know pretty well was just like, do you want help? Like, do you want me to come help you? And I was like, no, 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 no. And then they watched me die like seven more times. And I was like, okay, fine. And all I had to do, and like me not knowing anything about multiplayer, like no one explained this to me. I just like went into my inventory. I was like, oh, this is the thing that lets me see the summoning thing. Okay. And then it was super simple. Like I mm -hmm. had no issue at all doing it. Yeah. And, it's really easy. And, and I, I love that. And then one time I did summon someone because I was fighting Renala and I was like, I, was, I wasn't streaming. I was just like playing by myself. And I was like, ah, this is that difficult. Maybe like if I get somebody else in here, they, they allowing me to do it. And then I summon somebody in, in the first, I don't want to spoil it, but there's two phases of the boss fight. Mm -hmm. um, the first phase was going great, very easy. And when you summon somebody in, the boss health is double, which makes sense. It, yes. So you can't just cheese it. And then they disconnected in between the first phase and the second phase. So literally I get to the second phase, they're gone. I was like, where did you go? His name is Harkonnen. And I was like, where did you go, Harkonnen? I'm freaking out. I thought maybe, oh, maybe it'll just like load in. Maybe the time. No, he like disconnected. He was done with me. And so I actually got pretty close to beating that just because I had to figure out the patterns because I was like, well, there's no way I'm just going to like stagger this boss because they have double the health but mm -hmm. it, it was really good practice for me i learned a lot of the uh a lot of the spells for that fight and was yeah. able to dodge appropriately yeah definitely that he probably didn't mean to leave you <laughs> yeah just maybe, connection issues maybe a connection maybe you know mom called him for dinner like i i don't want I, I don't i don't mean any ill if you're listening out there come on you left me <laughs> high and try. <laughs> i will find you um but i i also love just how much uh like i'm finding all these weapons that i'm never going to use because a lot of them are like faith weapons or intelligence weapons and i just like i'm not like that frustrated because i'm like i'm just know that i'm going to play another time like i know i'm going to beat this game and then immediately start a new fight and be like yeah. i'm going to do a faith build because i'm seeing all these crazy and i know where they are now like i know mm -hmm. exactly where i could find a weapon right off the bat do you know about uh new game plus no so you like basically you can just replay the game with all your stats and everything like that and you get all you have all your items you have everything like that you keep everything are you s serious 
Mm-hmm. And sick. you can do that 10 times. Actually, you can do it for infinity times, oh. but it's like it goes up to new game plus 10. Oh, that's awesome. And then like you can like eventually you get the ability to like respect your character, although it's mm-hmm. like not the easiest thing to do. Um, so like I'm probably going to like finish this build. Like I'm going to finish this game out using the build I have. And then I would probably respect like the second time through. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I had no idea about that. Yeah. I know so some then, like, people said new game plus. Like I just thought like, oh, they just started a new game. Mm-mm. No, like you actually keep everything. So like you know how when you you finish a boss and it has that soul thing that has two items? Yeah. That's how you get both of them is you do new game plus because oh. you can choose one and then you choose the other one on the next oh. playthrough and then you get both. I just thought you had to choose one. Yeah, no, it, it luckily like you can get every item in the game. Uh it's just like you have to do a new game plus playthrough in order to do it. Oh, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. I, I know cool. I'm going to be playing this game for like a very long time. I can't read. Yeah. And I haven't it's, felt it's that wonderful. in a long time. Mm-hmm. I really haven't felt that in a long time. Yeah. I wish, I wish that I, I could do that with a lot of games, but for some reason, replaying a game for me is like, it's an arduous process. I have a very good memory. Yeah. So like going through <laughs> and playing a game, it means that I have to legitimately just love everything about the gameplay because there's nothing that's going to surprise me anymore. Yeah. Uh, and that's that was the case. Like I've I've replayed Hollow Knight I think three times, um, and then there's this other game I love called Cave Story that I've I've beaten probably more times than I can count. I love that game so much. I have I've never heard of Cave Story. Mm-hmm. No, bro, that's like the the indie game that started it all. Like that game came out in I think like two thousand. Uh, it was made by this guy named Pixel online, um, and the game is downloadable for free on on PC. It's literally a free game. Um, and then uh, what was it? Ni- Niantic, I think, came in and was like, "Hey, we'll we'll publish your game." And then they ended up publishing his game, even though it's it's free. You can still download it for free. Uh, there's a new updated version that you can buy, like on Switch and everything like that. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm it's really the, really good game. I had a I had to look up a picture of it. I was like, yeah, okay, this is sick. It's a it's a very very fun game. It's only like five six hours long, and I I know that game like front and back. Like I I I love it so much. There's literally one section at the end of the game that's just called hell, <laughs> uh, and that's how you get the true ending is by running through hell. And the name of the song is called Running Hell, and it is it is a banger. Let's normalize games that like don't need to be like 60 hours like i'm having such a hard time with certain games because like i don't have a ps5 but if i did i would have bought Horizon forbidden west Mm -hmm. i would do you think i would have finished it no i don't think i would i just in elden ring is kind of a little bit different i just feel like since it's such a fresh take on games sorry that's my dog since it's (laughs) such a fresh take on games for me i'm like oh i I don't care if it's 60 hours it's you could probably speed run the game fairly quickly. I'm just bad, so it's going to take me a long time to finish it. I'm, I'm looking forward to watching some speed runs a yeah. couple of years down the line oh, of Elden yeah. Ring because it's it's going to take like an hour or two hours for them to beat it. Yeah. And I love watching people dissect Dark Souls games. They're, it's always so cool. I, I, I enjoy watching speed runs, and I tried my hand at it at Hades for a little bit. And I got some okay times, but then I'm like... What was your best time? Uh, my best time was like 14 minutes. That's pretty. Um, that's pretty good. That's in game. Yes, but it's not. It's not like posting worthy. And um, it was definitely like after like two or three weeks of being like, okay, I'm taking this seriously. Like I have everything leveled up, and I ended up using like a like a full file. So like, if you don't want to like get your file to like the max stats, like you can mm-hmm. use a like a file that you know. And so yeah, I didn't really file that someone already finished. Yeah. And, and I didn't really it. feel great doing that because I was like, I, I could still level up my stuff, but um, watching speed runs is insane to me. Like get games done quick. Like I, I watched um, uh, uh, family X Jules, some guy on Twitch. No shit. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know? Okay. I went to high school with him. <laughs> I, he's I, literally my favorite streamer. He's, like, he's I, so I, funny. I he used to do so hot much. tub streams over the summer. Yeah, like, it's so funny. Yeah, the, I went to like high school. I went to high school with you, him. But the fact that you know that name makes me legitimately so happy because, like, I'll talk to people about jewels and then be like, yeah. "Oh, who's that?" But like the fact that someone said that first. Oh yeah. my gosh, dude! And I love him so much. We played Pathfinder together one time. That's so cool. Um, but he he is five years older than me. So we were never in. Well, he okay. He's from my hometown. Um, we were never in high school at the same time. 
but I, mm-hmm. he was friends with like a mutual friend. So I've met him before, like way back in the day. He's super wholesome, very kind. And uh, he does like video game music. Like that's his main gig. Like I, mm-hmm. he just streams for like shits and giggles at this point. Yeah. Like, like um, but yeah, he got, so he like blew up on YouTube for his like, uh, you know, metal and rock covers of video game songs. And then he writes, he wrote songs for um, Crypto the Necker Dancer. Um, what was that Zelda one? It was like Crypto the Necker Dancer, but it was like, uh yeah it's just it's crypt of the necro uh hold on um cadence of hyrule cadence of hyrule yeah he wrote songs yeah. for that in his um his girlfriend uh i think it's adriana, adriana Figueroa. Yeah, yeah she does video game music as well it's like that they're like the power couple of everybody's screen they're so um, adorable and they have a really cute dog i follow him on everything mm-hmm. i was like i i um it's crazy that you know that you know yeah i was like, no, I was like just i'm, I'm so excited but he does mario well knows. let's go to get back on track of why i said it he does yeah. uh, speed runs of mario 64 which was like mm-hmm. the first game he ever played so i have i hold a lot of nostalgia for that game yeah and i actually have broken I that, on that game. game too people have broken that game yeah like like it is so fun to watch a speed run because you're like i'm gonna jab this corner and then backflip and oops i'm in a bar like it's it's so wild to watch people do that because it it takes so much memory like you have to have mm-hmm. a really good memory a lot of practice and people will still get mad that they don't play the game in the intended way i used air yeah quote. Have you ever seen like... so... yeah no Sorry, you go, go ahead no you go. i feel like speed running could be like it's a whole other like podcast episode oh yeah so if, you, if you ever do that yeah let let's let's get you back on because um i think this went incredibly well we are going to probably be short for time in a little bit yeah we're going to try to keep the episode under an hour but yeah i want to talk about mario 16 star uh if you're ever looking for another game that's like really easy to get into for speed running i absolutely recommend mario 16 star it is such a fun easy like really easy to memorize like because if you've played mario 64 you know the levels you know the stars um you just have to go through like 15 stars and then you just mips clip through the wall and then you backwards long jump all the way up the stairs and you're good that's the run oh really like it's it's so it's so easy it's just like you have to get better and better at the execution yeah uh absolutely recommend it it's very yeah i'll give it a try do like do people i mean i'm assuming people emulate that at this point like no one's like yeah, loading up their actual n6 like i have one behind me but i I'm, i don't think it would be faster to play the n6 everyone you know it actually absolutely is oh really yeah absolutely because uh the, the i believe there is an emulation one that is faster but it's banned okay um because most people like in the community play on official hardware yeah, I feel like so it like, makes sense. Yeah, makes I want to get a Nintendo 64 at some point to like actually speedrun that game because one of my biggest issues with speedrunning that game is the fact that my emulator is so inconsistent. Like, I'll see people drop frames at uh, at the submarine, but like my emulator dropping frames at the submarine is on a whole different level than their submarine dropping frames. Like, I lose I lose so much time for how long really? that takes. It's so it's so sucky. But my best time was like a sub 25. Okay. Yeah. In the grand scheme of things, that's pretty good. It's it's not it's nothing special. Like yeah. honestly, like that is that is that's a, a category that, a that has been speed ran for years, though. You know what I mean? Like yeah, Hades has like a small dedicated speed running community, mm-hmm. but it's 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 nothing huge. We're talking about you know a game that came out a few years ago, and it it, it is fun to speed run. It is really fun to speed run because it's each run is so different. But the thing is, mm-hmm. there's so much RNG in it that a lot of people, a lot of dedicated speedrunners don't like that aspect. Like I want to get better and I want to like have the skill and know exactly what I'm doing. And like, yeah, there's always going to be a little bit of RNG. Like if you, if that thing doesn't work that you're trying to do, but in Hades, like you have to get this boon, this boon, this boon or else, sorry, it's just, yep, you might as well, yeah, might as well restart. Yeah. Um, well, I, I feel like we could talk for hours, honestly, yeah, um, <laughs> like, like every topic. So we're definitely going to get you back on. Um, but just for time purposes and the intro and outro that I have to record, um, I think we're going to wrap it up for here. If you're okay with yeah. that. Yeah, of course. I mean, like I I'm totally good with that. Again, I I'm happy to come on anytime. Yeah. This was a great time. Where could people follow you if they enjoyed your presence, if they enjoyed this conversation, where, um, are you on Twitter? I'm just saying this, just because I want you to answer Twitter, Twitch, what's going on. Yeah. So, uh, it would be Batoto underscore B on Twitter. That's probably where I'm the most active right now. I've been really inactive on streaming everything like that. I've been so busy just with life. Part of me, like this, this is more just like a conversation piece, but like 
part of me kind of just wants to take a year break from all of it and then just come back at it with a fresh mindset. Because like, if I, if I come back after graduating and doing all that and being prepared to just go in it with a job and then do streaming too, instead of doing a job, school, streaming, all of these things, especially while I'm still living at home where I could be like, you know, like have other people listening on what I'm saying versus like me living alone or like with my partner and then saying whatever I want and being as entertaining as I can be. Like that sounds like such a refreshing thing. Anyways, you can also follow me on Twitch at uh, twitch.tv slash potato. I do stream every once in a while. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I like to think that I'm pretty entertaining. I, I uh, love your streams. Like I, that's how I found, like I, we had some mutuals or something on TikTok, mm-hmm. but I, I, I like lurk your streams whenever you were all the time. Cause you were doing art and you, you were very entertaining. I huge vouch on that. Thank you. I appreciate that. But yeah, um, those are the two main places you can find me. I also have a TikTok. That's also Batoto underscore B. It's either Batoto or Batoto underscore B on any social. And I'm going to link all of that in the episode description. So awesome. Uh, as long as you're okay. Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay. Um, so yeah, we're definitely going to have you back on. I think I think Zach would enjoy it too. So this was a Zach look episode. I do normally have a co-host. Um, mm-hmm. He is like, if if he said that you thought Breath of the Wild 10 out of 10, he would have lost it because he, that's like his favorite game of all time i can't say it's my favorite but it's definitely a really good game and i recognize that but it's always um, goes between hollow knight and breath of the wild for yeah me. it's so hard for me to pick the only reason why i put hollow knight up there is because i've replayed hollow knight so many times i'm leaving breath of the wild on the shelf for like years to come because like i, I want that to be as special of an experience as it was the first day i played it you know I, pl- I played it for the first time this year like really yeah zach let me borrow his copy i did d- i never bought it i was like and i'm a huge legend of zelda fan like ocarina of time in my old n64 is like behind me and i was just like like i was just so hesitant and i was like it's been so long since it released but no i i was like oh this i was such an idiot i waited so long to play (laughs) i love that for you Uh, though yeah i know just getting to experience it like after everyone else has you get to experience the same feelings i felt oh my gosh yeah and i didn't look up pretty much anything like that was a game where i was like "Eh, i could figure this out yeah um and i did until i hit like the desert animal and then i was like okay no never mind that's fair never mind never mind never mind (laughs) um all right well it was great talking to you Uh, i really appreciate it taking your time out of your day for this and it's great to be here um thank you so much yeah thank you so much thank you for listening everybody goodbye thank you everybody for listening um Going forward, we are going to be releasing episodes now on Monday instead of Friday. It just makes it a little bit easier to edit. It gives me a few more days. Also, listening back to the podcast, I did make a mistake. Uh, George R. R. Martin does not voice Margaret uh, in the game. That was misinformation that I saw on the internet. So, apologies. If you enjoyed the episode, be sure to share it out with your friends. Uh, tag us on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter at PixelPalsPod. Send us an email at PixelPalsPodcasting. When we appreciate all the support so far, uh, tune in next week. Every Monday, episodes are going to be dropping, and we hope you have a great week. Stay hydrated and stay safe out there.